This is Smart Politics, and I'm your host, Anthony Arnold. This is not your typical political podcast. Each week, we'll be telling you a story that will hopefully make you think differently about our politics today. These stories can be from any time, any place, and any point of view. The stories may not always be true, but they are grounded in facts. For this episode, we're going to be starting in 2008 on the eve of the presidential election. We're then going to follow our main character forward in time, stopping every four years until we arrive at today, on the eve of the presidential election this year. This episode is a part of a larger whole. If you listen to our first episode, you know it's about a voter in rural, uh, rural America. Our second episode focused on the future, where we may not have solved some of our problems today. And this episode is going to be taking us back through the past, following a different voter. The question we're asking this episode is, how much of these elections mattered financially to Americans? The reason we're asking that question is that while there are many things that matter in politics, the finances of most people is the most pressing concern they have. This is a story about a normal person doing their best to succeed and trying to figure out who to vote for in the process. It's a story that may sound like many of yours. If you're ready, then let's begin. You're excited to vote in your first presidential election. Last time around, you were old enough to vote, but you didn't really understand the issues. And so you decided to sit that one out. But this time, you've been paying close attention. That's in part because Barack Obama is on the ballot and he's generated a lot of hype. Everybody seems to believe that he may be the guy who's really going to make a difference. But it's also because you have more on the line now. You've just graduated college, you're getting ready to start a family, and taking voting seriously is a part of becoming an adult. And of course, you're facing a financial crisis that's just starting. So when the day comes, you cast your vote, believing that your country is starting down a path that will make things better. In 2008, then-candidate Obama was the outsider, the rebel. He was promising to change Washington. If you happen to remember that election, then you probably recall the word hope being printed on t-shirts and posters everywhere. Americans believed that this unlikely man was going to lead us out of political darkness. The financial crisis had started in the summer of 2008. Americans were pretty unhappy with the eight years of President Bush, and it seemed like a real shakeup was exactly what we needed to get us back on track. And so, Barack Obama was powered to victory, winning decisively and being given a mandate to govern and make sweeping changes. It's fair to say that Americans didn't believe that they were voting for more of the same. We thought that we were choosing something unique, something different. Four years later, and it's election time once again. Everybody around you still supports President Obama, but you aren't so sure. You do like the guy. He seems nice, and you do feel a sense of pride when he speaks. But the last four years haven't been very good for you. You lost your first job in 2009. It turns out that sales are difficult during a recession. 
you lost your second job earlier this year when it went overseas. And the safety net that's supposed to catch people wasn't offering enough money to help you or your family. So you had to dip into your small savings. Right now, your family needs more help than ever. You need a raise, a more secure job, and a leader who can make those things happen, who's going to help you put money in your pocket and let you and your partner chase your dreams. When you two first settled down, you would daydream about a house with a yard, not the crowded apartment you live in now, about owning a car instead of hiding from repossession companies, about retirement. Lately though, those dreams seem to be moving further away from you. Maybe you were foolish, but four years ago, you really did believe that voting for a president was the best way to address those concerns. President Obama's first term can probably be defined by two things. The first is the Affordable Care Act. While not perfect, the bill was legitimately helpful for many people. But the second event was the continuing effects of the Great Recession that began back in 2008. It's true, of course, that he can't be blamed for the beginnings of the recession. But it's also true that we judge presidents based on what happens when they're in office, even if it's not all their fault. And the economic collapse was devastating. For nearly two years, our economy continually shed jobs. Many older Americans saw their dreams of a comfortable retirement gutted. And younger Americans, freshly entering the workforce, were forced to take subpar jobs and accrue more debt right at the moment when they should have been building a foundation. Even a decade later, the consequences are still unfolding. Home ownership still lags behind. The rates of prime age workers searching for a job are lower. And the wealth gap has never really closed. The ACA was good for some, but unlikely noticed by many. But the recession was bad for almost everybody. Four years later, and it's that time again. You wish that things were different this time, that your luck had changed. Except that's not the case. The job you took out of desperation has become an anchor. Too broke to leave and start over, but not making enough to get ahead. You're stuck. You and your wife are still living in the same apartment. Rent rises nearly as fast as your raises, so you can't save enough to move. And your kids are older now, so they need more. College isn't too far off now, so you're worrying that without a big change, they'll end up in the same boat as you. Your dreams have shrunk too. You guys have given up the dream of owning a home, though you did luck into a couple of cars at least. Retirement seems impossible to even imagine. At this point, you've mostly accepted that things aren't likely to ever really change. While you're not sure what exactly you're voting for anymore, you're going to vote anyway. If not out of excitement, then at least out of duty. President Obama's second term looks a lot like his first term. There were some good things done around the edges, but the big sweeping overhaul of Washington never manifested. The midterms of 2010 were a death blow to any hopes of aggressive legislation, but Democrats were also seemingly exhausted by the time 2012 rolled around. 
And so what we got was an economic recovery that, while decent enough on paper, didn't really translate into much of anything for most people. Sure, the stock market took off, which was a boon for those with money to spare or invest, but what's the point of saving when you're trying to pay for basic expenses? Yes, you could probably point to a dozen things that happened if you were interested in defending those eight years. But in 2008, Americans demanded big change and they voted on that promise. That's not what was delivered. And in some way, that probably did set the stage for what came to pass in 2016, when Americans decided once again to flip the table over. It's been 12 years since you first voted. Everybody says this time around, it's definitely the most important election ever. You politely nod along in agreement, but you're getting sick of hearing that every four years. That's because the last four years, have looked nearly identical to the eight years that came before. Unsatisfying job, check. Constant struggle to stay one step ahead, check. Endless worrying over things you probably can't control, check. Politics feels unbearable now. You're annoyed at President Trump's constant misbehavior. You're annoyed at the bickering between two sides who don't offer solutions. You're annoyed that your Facebook feed is an endless stream of arguments. And your dreams have shrunk down again. 12 years ago, you enthusiastically voted, believing the rhetoric that politics could offer you hope. At this point, you'd probably settle for politics simply leaving you alone. If they aren't going to do what they promise, then politicians could at least do you a favor and go away. Once again, though, going to vote. Their sense of duty is still strong. But if the next four years don't offer some real changes, then you aren't sure what you'll do next time. You know, Anthony, this sounds a lot like people's lives right now. Yeah. Uh, this episode uh, was my life. Um, this was tracking when I started uh, out of college and sort of what has happened to me and how I feel about voting the last 12 years. So it was following sort of my family's financial journey from when I was a young man, uh, fresh and full of hope, till now where I'm a, a middle-aged person, uh, full of much less hope, much more dedicated to the institution of voting. What's inspiring to me that in, in spite of everything that you've shared in your story, that you are still committed to voting. That's some hope, isn't yeah. it? Um, with this episode being right before the election, I, I know we went back and forth. What did I want to say? And I wanted to deliver a message that was still telling people vote. Voting matters participating matters. The only way this whole thing works is if we all participate. But I didn't want to be naive and I don't want to be, you know, a Pollyanna about how things can change because in the most important issue, which is, again, the money in my pocket, politics hasn't made a difference for me. And I don't think it's made a difference for a lot of us. So I didn't want to overlook that, but I did want to circle around to what you mentioned, which is 
participating in this democracy is the most important thing we do. And if there's one thing people take away from this episode, it's that you have to be active, you have to vote, you have to participate, you have to get involved. Um, and so that's the message I wanted to deliver. And I think the episode delivers both of those messages pretty well. That was Smart Politics, a podcast on the Pointcast Network. I hope that you feel a little closer, a little more concerned, and a little more curious about what the person next to you might be going through. Take it easy out there, everybody.